Hello and welcome to the TWI Innovation Network podcast, Net Zero. In this episode, recorded at the end of 2020, TWI Head of Public Funding, Abbas Mahimi, is joined by Paul Broderick, Siemens Business Development Director, for a conversation about industrial net zero innovation and technologies. That's what's to look forward to on this episode, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to TWI Innovation Network podcast. Uh, I am Abbas Mohimi, and I'm head of public funding at TWI. For those of you who are not familiar with TWI, TWI is a research and technology organization with uh, headquarters based in Cambridge and offices across the UK. We also have a presence in a number of uh, international uh, facilities in Southeast Asia, Middle East, and uh, other parts of the world. We serve over 700 industrial member companies across 70 countries, uh, and we look at all aspects of materials joining, fabrication and inspection. I am interested in industrial strategy, and the reason for that is that uh, by far, this is the biggest challenge. uh, One of the biggest challenges that we're all facing is uh, climate change. And um, all our industrial members and uh, their um, supply chains are facing the same issues. And uh, it's very important that we address these challenges. So what can we do to decarbonize our industries? and um, what technologies can we develop? How can we collaborate going forward in the future to address these challenges in order to become carbon neutral? At TWI, we are trying to engage with industry through our conventional routes uh, uh, of collaboration and uh, looking at more innovative routes to try and um, cross the boundaries and develop new partnerships. The technologies that we uh, normally look at in terms of advanced joining and fabrication technologies, uh, which are being uh, used more and more for uh, electrification and electric vehicles and so on, and battery technology, uh, smart materials and testing capabilities, which are very important as we develop uh, new uh, fuels and uh, looking at uh, testing, um, let's say, for example, hydrogen uh, uh, technology uh, in service environments and uh, utilizing data and AI to develop uh, uh, better inspection systems for assets and systems, which are very important areas uh, to help us try and uh, decarbonize our industries. And uh, as well as looking at the technologies, we're very much interested in looking at innovation and how we partner uh, with other like-minded uh, organizations and um, uh, universities and various other um, research organizations and industry to try and collaborate, to try and accelerate the development of uh, clean technologies. In this series, we are discussing uh, net zero and how we achieve net zero uh, targets um, going forward. And, and in today's episode, we are joined by our guests, Paul Broderick from Siemens. Welcome, Paul. Hi, how are you doing? 
Very, very well. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining me today. Uh, and uh, just as a way of introduction, um, Paul is the Business Development Director for Siemens Smart Infrastructure. Uh, and Paul uh, is um, very experienced and has an uh, excellent track record of creating and winning truly innovative smart grid and smart city projects. Um, he has a unique uh, breadth of experience across utilities, digital, IT, communications, technology, and uh, in particular supporting uh, SMEs and SME sector creating and delivering successful innovation projects. Um, in his current role, he has a focus on digitalization of uh, built environment, including smart cities and campuses. He has a broad experience across sectors, including building technology, mobility, and uh, manufacturing and healthcare. And uh, very, very knowledgeable in particular uh, uh, in, in the energy and digital enabled urban developments. Paul has developed numerous innovation projects and has successfully delivered commercially viable uh, propositions for new business and uh, definition of routes to market. These projects include the award-winning, uh, uh, I think this is a Horizon 2020 uh, Lighthouse project, uh, Triangular, is that right, Paul, in Manchester? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. And, and there is one or two uh, other very important ones, which will hopefully we talk about. I'm particularly keen to hear about uh, the uh, the project that you developed at one of the university campuses, Kiel University, which is very much driven by the net zero technologies uh, within Siemens that you've developed. Um, yeah. Yeah. So excellent, Paul. So I think uh, uh, that's a quite a, a thorough introduction, but I'm sure it doesn't cover everything that you do because I'm aware that you had a, a small uh, career in, in podcasting and in broadcasting. Is that, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did some, I, I did some live radio around um, uh, the uh, Community Energy Week when I was uh, um, a board member of Community Energy England. So um, yeah, ter terrifying stuff. This isn't half as, uh, half as worrying about <laughs> I hope so. Well, I'll, I'll try and dig them out and and and, and listen to them. Uh, I'm sure maybe some of our listeners will be interested. Uh, Paul, once again, welcome and and thank you very much uh, for taking time uh, to talk to me today. Of course, we were when we started uh, this discussion to talk about this, we, we were thinking of having a face to face meeting, weren't we? Uh, uh, but obviously, we we're, we're on lockdown uh, two. How are you coping? <laughs> Uh, lockdown two is not without its challenges. Same as uh, same as lockdown one was uh, was also challenging. I think um, it's been quite productive actually uh, for me because um, you know you get you do actually get quite a lot of focus around what you need to do. So um, so yeah, we, it's been okay. I think is is the is the best way of describing it. Although I am missing getting out and about and going and meeting people because face to face is better. Um, What's interesting is that I spent a couple of years looking at digital transformation for Siemens and who'd have thought that we'd be doing all these meetings live now on, um, you know, uh, on various digital platforms. So it will be interesting when we come back from COVID to see how the world's changed from a business perspective. Absolutely. It's been it's been quite fascinating, isn't it? Uh, observing how everyone is uh, uh, a lot more 
uh, sort of up to speed with the with their IT, if you like, and 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 uh, uh, have accepted this as the new norm. Uh, it'll be like like you say, it'll be interesting to see uh, how long this lasts uh, after the vaccine is discovered, and uh, and how, hopefully we're back to normal. Uh, like you, I, I I miss the face to face interactions as well. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I do. Yeah, well, uh, but I think uh, the, COVID has been obviously very challenging, but there's been lots of opportunities as well for for businesses, uh, and and uh, uh, and and I think uh, uh, you know that that's probably an interesting area to uh, to uh, touch on, um, and and in particular, you know, around your interests in uh, digitalization uh, and and the rapid changes that we have seen, um, how. COVID has accelerated that. I mean, what, what's your opinion in terms of uh, going forward uh, and, and, and what has happened, uh, obviously, uh, across your industry? Well, I mean, I, th I think it's, you know, when when the first lockdown started, I mean, as you know, Siemens has a number of manufacturing facilities across the UK and, and globally. Um, the first thing for us to try and do was to actually see if we could keep those factories open. Um, in the UK, we've we've managed to do that. I think um, we've got a, you know, we developed very quickly um, technology which enabled track and tracing, um, entry monitoring, monitoring of temperatures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and and it's something which we're looking to, you know, to roll out to to help other people at the moment. Um, in terms of, you know, how how we build back and, and the phrase is build back better or yes. build back greener. Mm -hmm. I, I think what will happen is there'll be a, a combination of the new digital tools that we've got. Um, I, I think there will inevitably be an immediate return to kind of face-to-face -face meetings yes. um, just purely because people haven't done it. But I, I mean, I can only talk from a personal perspective. It makes me a lot more efficient when I'm not traveling. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. You, you know, however, Working from home doesn't, uh, you know, comes with its challenges. I mean, if you've been on meetings with me, you've heard my dogs barking when the postman <laughs> arrives. Um, you know, but I think that's, I think that's something which people are, are you know, are accepting. Yeah. Um, in terms of the use of digital platforms and, and collaboration tools and things like that, I think it's, I think it's been really, um, really positive. Um, and you know some of the some of the more traditional people within our businesses and within other businesses, you know, are embracing this technology. Yeah. Um, I have to say though, you know, in lockdown, I've had invitations for quizzes in the evening, which are on various digital platforms. But I'm sick to death of looking at my own face every day, so I politely, I politely <laughs> decline. I, I politely, politely decline those. Um, yes. You know, it, it's, in terms of impact moving forward, um, I, I think you will see a lot more productivity. Um, I think you'll see better use of people's time. Which, once we back, once we bounce back from kind of COVID and we get the vaccine, providing we implement those disciplines moving forward as part of a digital transformation, I think there will be a long-term benefit of, of this kind of digital adoption. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, obviously, within within uh, your organisation, um, um, there has been changes even before COVID, and and obviously Siemens uh, uh, have had a um, you know been ahead of uh, most of the other companies in terms of their 
um, net zero plans. So what, what has uh, uh, Siemens' journey been like so far in terms of uh, uh, embracing uh, the net zero challenge? I think we were one of the first kind of big corporate organizations to commit to, to net zero. Yeah. Um, and we've been working very hard in the background in order to, in order to do that. Um, certainly here in the UK, um, we'd reduced our, um, our emissions by the end of last year by 50%. Um, and we've just undertaken a, a piece of work and a study around how we, you know, how we do that and how we actually get down to net zero. Um, we think we'll come in ahead of our, of our target. Um, and that's utilizing different technologies and, and, you know, different interventions in order, in order to kind of drive that forward. So I'll give you an example, yeah. you know, which is equally applicable to anyone. So, you know, looking at your fleet, so can you electrify your fleet of vehicles? Um, looking at um, the, the way you buy your energy. So can you buy your energy from a green provider? Um, but we also look at other potential interventions like distributed energy systems, energy storage. Uh, you know, can we can we put microgrids on industrial campuses and, and lots of other things like that. Um, I think the key thing for us is that we are looking to do it to ourselves first because mm -hmm. you can't you can't you can't go out and, and look to sell kind of solutions without you know, being partner on that journey and trying to do that yourself. And we've learned a lot as we've, as we've kind of moved through that. So, yeah, we're very happy of where we are at the moment. That's, that's uh, uh, very impressive. 50% uh, reduction in emissions, uh, you said. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and I think, you know, obviously some interventions are easier than others. Um, and I, but I think that, you know, moving forward, it's all about using technology and digital to try and you know uh, address the more let's say harder issues to deliver yeah so have you have you had to change as an organization or restructure or be different uh, uh in 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 a way to to try and um achieve uh the these uh, impressive reductions in emissions or is um, it just uptake of technologies that uh, in particular uh, uh data and artificial intelligence and all, all of the other uh, sort of uh, I think it's a, yeah it's a combination of both and it has to start with the culture of the organization um very important, you know yes. very important so you know certainly where i sit within within smart infrastructure it's all about you know creating environments that care so how can we be more sustainable how can we reduce carbon how can we you know, integrate with existing technologies to, to kind of drive that transformation forward. I think from a from a, a structural perspective, um, we're a big corporate, so so we restructure a lot anyway, and and change is good. And I think that every time, you know, we do we do do some of this transformation work ourselves internally. Sustainability is, you know, massively high on the agenda. Um, we want to be known to you know to, for doing sustainable business. Um, and again, if we can't do it to ourselves, then, you know, we can't, we can't advise people or, or you know, be, be put up on a, uh, you know, as an example of, of how we would do that. So um, I think it comes very much from the culture of the people and it comes from innovation and, you know, freely contributing ideas which help, 
even in the you know in the smallest kind of um in the smallest way so starts yeah. from the individual because you so, have overarching yeah. targets sorry go on there. yeah go on no i was going to ask you actually because you uh you, you touched on some very important points about culture of, of uh, uh the and the mindset of, of the organization and individuals uh working there so uh, and how how was that implemented i'm sure a lot of uh, uh people and companies listening will be interested in that uh in terms of the adoption of that culture and how how did it start uh, and how was it implemented that that's probably very interesting i i mean if, i think if if you reflect on the kind of areas you know we're involved in from a technology perspective um certainly from a kind of a smart grid sustainability energy type things that we're looking at doing sustainability has always been been part of that kind of dna um yes. from a from a from a cultural perspective i think that there's two ways really it, it you know from the top down where you know our, our leaders make make a declaration around what we want to do which sets a great vision for everyone to work to um but you know it's it's incumbent on each team and each and each individual to really think about how you know how not only can you be personally more um more green or, or more sustainable um simple thing with you know would you why get a diesel car when you could go electric um you know and i think that that's something which certainly is encouraged internally but that's just a that's just a very small example um you know encouraging people to to take different methods of transport um you know that whole culture change and behavior change is probably the most difficult thing to do um but if you can if you can identify benefits from you know from that for as an organization and and try and quantify some of those benefits um i think you're in a really good space to try and do that so we've been on this journey now since i think 2015 um and as we say you know you, you reach a 50% reduction that, that you know we're hugely proud of that and and you know planning on accelerating ourselves to be truly so truly kind of self sustainable so so i think from what you're saying so far you guys are ahead of the game and you're quite optimistic that uh uh you can realistically uh achieve net zero targets even before 2050 well i can't say that because someone will throw that <laughs> someone will, someone will, someone will throw, some someone will throw that back to me so Um, I'm, I'm sure. I, 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 I hate I, I to put, think we, they need to put you on the spot right. there, Paul. <laughs> no, we're on. We're on. We're on track with our targets. I mean, what's interesting as well is, um, you know, we will very shortly have um, one one of the one of the first kind of net zero factories in the UK, um, and that's predicated on on the kind of digital technology that we implement there around sustainability and and you know monitoring. Um, all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, that's something which is coming up soon. It will be an exemplar factory for everyone. Um, and then, you know, if we can do it, then, um, you know, all of our listeners can do it. You guys have actually made some uh, very interesting um, or developed very interesting uh, case studies around uh, your partnerships with some of the university campuses. Tell, tell us about that because I, I found it very fascinating. 
yeah, I mean, we we work a lot with universities, particularly around our kind of our research and development capability, and and um, it, you know we see universities as as partners, and we see them as huge hubs for for innovation for us. Um, we've we've rolled out to a number of universities um, uh, a kind of connected curriculum, which is very much around digitization and how we how we start embedding digitalization into you know um you know into into lectures into courses and things like that um very important yeah yeah universities um you know have a problem and have had a problem certainly since covid which which have come from left field um and that's you know around getting people on site and 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 you know, optimizing use of their buildings, etc., which is really, really difficult for them at the moment. Um, the projects we've undertaken previously have been very much around sustainability. So, um, we've got a smart energy network demonstrator at Keel University. Yes. Um, Keel University is, um, you know, for, for anyone that's been there, it's a, it's a campus um, university. Um, it contains, um, you know, residential and and various things like that so so what we've done what we've done there is we've 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 created a uh, an energy network demonstrator where we are able to connect many different devices to um, or connect up you know the, the existing assets and things like that um, to this network so we've put in a digital system there which helps manage and optimize that network um, you know we've saved or we are saving over 8,000 tonnes of um, carbon dioxide yearly mm-hmm. by the implementing of that. Um, and our, and our, our initial insight into that was that we would be creating, you know, over 400 new jobs and, and generating 4 million of, of GVA over the next 20 years just by implementing a test bed within a university which allows people to um, connect to renewable generation but more importantly to... to do their own research and development in a real living lab environment. Um, and we've learned a lot of stuff from, from that. Um, and it's been a hugely positive um, project. Now, yeah. based around what we've learned there, you know, there is an opportunity for, you know, this whole kind of smart, let's call it a smart grid, um, you know, solution for industrial customers on industrial campuses, but also, you know, on other university campuses. So really interesting in terms of taking a whole system view, um, connecting the assets, bringing data back and optimizing that system, which is the essence of IoT. Yes, and and, and, uh, and, and to be honest, this is when uh, we, we, we actually got talking and this, uh, when uh, we, we, we recently partnered uh, with uh, a number of uh, uh, universities and, and other organizations around industrial, net zero and decarbonization and and uh, uh through our innovation partnership programs and that that's uh, i think a very interesting topic uh, which would be uh, an area uh, where we can uh, collaborate with others i'm sure um to, to to accelerate a lot of these technology developments so i think so and i think the point here is it's with the projects that we've done you know you mentioned some of them earlier um, in the introduction, you know, a lot of the initial kind of proof of concepts, if you like, were all about technology. So, 
can we connect this particular type of asset? Can we get data from, I don't know, this type of battery or, or this type of, you know, on-site generation asset? I mean, I think, you know, it's not about yeah. technology now. It's about the data that you get from the assets, if that makes absolutely. sense. Yes, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, and another thing that's obviously uh, very important is that uh, around, uh, particularly around digitalization and AI, there are lots of innovative SMEs, and a lot of them, obviously, that we work with and you have worked with uh, and, and are working with, that they just come up with these amazing uh, new technologies, and and. You know, um, do, do you have a particular um, sort of uh, approach towards these innovative SMEs? How do you engage them in, and bring them on board to try and uh, on these uh, projects that you, you're involved in? Because clearly they have uh, a lot of um, uh, value to add. Uh, I mean, we certainly there's there's a lot around our corporate technology, um, our corporate technology organization, and, and we have our head of research and development Paul Beasley here in the UK who's very close to the SME community um, or I've also dealt with and actually run my own SME um, so we like to work with SMEs and the reason we like to work with SMEs is you know you have to have a win-win the win for us is we get probably earlier site of innovation from an SME than we would from you know more traditional routes mm-hmm. um, and the win for the SME is you know working with a project such as Working on a project with, with an organization such as Siemens means, you know, it does give a good case study. It does give good references and things like that. So we're open to, you know, to working as much as possible with, with you know, with SMEs who've got particular innovations. Not just technology necessarily, but around, you know, as you mentioned, AI, machine learning um, and anything in the data space, really. So, um, so yeah, it's. The ecosystem now, even in even you know in the last five years, has fundamentally changed from you know single point technology solutions to more whole system thinking, um, yes. and you know and to provide provision of you know overall solutions and services rather than individual technologies or products. Yes. Um, and I and I think the next iteration of that happens over the next couple of years, where you know connectivity to assets. And um, being able to get data from assets and, and, you know, the Internet of Things means that that no longer becomes the challenge. The challenge then becomes in identifying the value and, you know, executing around some of those service models. So it's a super, super time, actually, at the moment. To go back to the COVID point and the digital transformation piece, you know, people now are much more aware of digital than they were. And I think we will see this kind of digital transformation accelerate. Um, you know, in the next couple of years, probably quicker than it would have done post-COVID. Yeah. The, the, what I was going to ask, uh, Paul, was that obviously with uh, the rapid uptake of obviously the digital technologies and um, uh, the, the one of the barriers or potential barriers uh, or let's say something that gets cited regularly is uh, security of data mm-hmm. uh, and and yes. and which is obviously a very, very important issue and, and uh, in particular around uh, data from assets and, and, and so on. So that, that, that's something uh, that a lot of research is being done on. But what, what has Siemens uh, as an organization done about uh, sort of the, the use of data and uh, to build trust with, with your partners or your clients that, uh, that others can 
perhaps uh, 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 learn from or be interested in, uh, do you think? Um, well, well, we've created a, a kind of a, an organization um, and we have a number, our, ourselves and a number of partners have signed up to something called the Charter of Trust. And that is, okay. yeah, and that is, and that is looking at cybersecurity from a holistic kind of end-to-end -end perspective. Um, worth having a look at. Um, just Google that on uh, after the podcast if you if you're interested. Yes. Um, and obviously, everything we do is has got security, you know, in from the beginning, from you know, from design. Because as we move towards a you know a world of electrification and and certainly more automation. You need to be completely bulletproof in terms of cybersecurity. So, if, for example, you're using, you know, algorithms and machine learning and AI to run, for example, a, a you know, a production plant, you need to be sure that, you know, those systems are unable to be hacked um, and, you know, are, are operating at the, at the greatest levels of cybersecurity. Similarly, with, you know, with data um, and certainly people's personal data you have to take the utmost care there to um you know to make sure that you have the right interventions in place to ensure that that kind of cyber security is always in place and i think we've made massive strides actually over the last couple of years in that it's certainly in the awareness around cyber security um but from ourselves as an industrial kind of you know organization it's always utmost in our kind of thinking as we're kind of designing solutions. Hi everyone, it's Hannah here from NSERC, wishing you all a very happy new year. I just wanted to pop on here to give you a brief update of the MSc courses that NSERC and our partnering universities will be recruiting for and hosting this year. First up, we have our Senior Leader Executive MBA Apprenticeship. The first cohort for that started in September last year and is going extremely well. So we're very much looking forward to doing the second cohort with De Montfort University, which starts in October this year. Secondly, we've got our MSc in Engineering Leadership and Management course that is in with partnership with Aston University and also starts in October this year. A new course to us in 2021, which we are all very excited about, is the MSc in Artificial Intelligence. This is in partnership with Essex University. Um, there are some brief details on our website. So if you are interested in this, and I expect it to be extremely popular, please head over and have a look at those details. Um, we've also got the Brunel MSc courses, which will have two intakes per year, one of which is the MSc in Structural Integrity. The next is the MSc in Oil and Gas Engineering. We also have, um, which is coming soon, MSc in Lightweight Structures and Impact Engineering. For any of the information on any of the courses, you can find that on our NSERC website. And if you have any questions or queries, please email the inquiries at ncerc.co.uk email. Another, obviously, very important area uh, that... Um, even uh, large organizations like 
yourselves and many other organizations, um, we're all looking at uh, obviously the, the, these challenges to try and develop uh, green technologies. And uh, there are many overlapping areas where we can collaborate. So um, we, uh, within our organization, obviously have a, a strong uh, uh, community uh, within the academia in terms of the universities that we partner with and have taken steps to try and uh, develop the next generation of scientists and engineers, especially in the areas that we work in, because as they come out of the university, they're not necessarily ready to to be a, a consultant uh, to advise uh, some of our members, if you like. So it takes a long time to develop uh, uh, these skills and expertise. So um, our partnerships with, with universities and other organizations are very important. Um, uh, and I think you, you guys also have, uh, you know, from what we discussed earlier, from your collaborations, uh, have a similar mentality. So uh, within UK and the UK uh, R&D landscape, if you like, um, how, how would you describe your your research network and what, what is your approach uh, in terms of uh, collaborations, let's say, to, to, uh, to listeners who, 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 are, who, are, who are listening to this and interested in reaching out and working with us uh, um, in future? Uh, can you describe your uh, innovation research network and and yeah I think I think there's I think there's I think there's two things there I mean firstly just to address the kind of skills issue um, you know Siemens are one of the biggest um, providers of apprenticeships both at a graduate and, and lower level um, in the UK um, I think we we pride ourselves in that and bringing people through and providing that that training. Um, what's terrifying for me as someone who is, you know, a, a, an expert in the field of kind of digital is when we have hackathons and, and, you know, certain events when some of our graduates get on board, it's, um, I, I find myself quite embarrassed about some of the things <laughs> that they can do, that they can do, um, reflecting on a, a conversation I had the other day with one of our graduates who was bemoaning the fact that his second screen didn't work. I don't think I've ever worked with two screens. I don't even think I could. So, um. Some hugely talented, hugely talented, um, you know, people coming through um, from universities and colleges. Um, from a from a diversity perspective, you know, we we keenly driving the whole kind of women in engineering debate here in the UK. Um, and from a, a from a uh, and I think that that's something which is really important because it's a well known fact that, that yeah. diverse diverse teams are more productive teams. So. You know, that, that's something which is hugely important for us. Um, in terms of our, our kind of research network, uh, again, it, it's very much university-based. Um, but we do also, as I mentioned earlier, work, work with SMEs. We're, we're, we're open to work with people on projects, providing there's a, you know, providing there's a, a win-win for, for both. So, for, for, you know, for the SMEs and, and people listening out there, if you've got something which you think is, you know, it is valuable, certainly in my area, in a kind of smart infrastructure area, but not just, you know, not just, not just that area, you know, we'd be happy to talk to you from, certainly from an innovation perspective and a research and development perspective. I think that's, you know, that's how we accelerate our kind of innovation footprint, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, what was it, the, 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 there was a program you guys uh, had uh, on was it Next 47? Uh, which was That's in right. particular yeah. around uh, 
supporting startups. I mean, we're within obviously our innovation network, we're very much interested in um, putting our um, sort of um, SME network in touch with the uh, relevant investors and organizations who, mm. to help them develop their products or help them raise funds, etc. So yeah, this 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 was particularly interesting. So maybe some of our listeners will be interested in that uh, actually. Yeah, I mean, next forty-seven um, is our kind of um, venture capital arm um, and looks to invest in um, you know innovation companies, um, particularly looking in the kind of area of digital and data. Um, you know, innovation. Is this a global? Is this a global venture? Uh, it's a global. It's a global. Okay. Yeah, Abbas. It's a glo- it's a global venture. Um, you know, and it and it looks to you know invest in companies um, as and when we need to. Um, uh, if you look at the way we have built our digital capability over the last kind of you know five years, you know yes. Siemens is now one of the biggest software companies in the world, um, mm. purely mostly by kind of acquisition. Um, of companies such as Mendix, you know, um, we so we we are investing in the kind in the kind of sector and in, in that innovation sector. Yeah, thanks for that, Paul. I think um, another area, obviously, very interesting uh, for us in TWI and a lot of our industrial members, which are mainly in the energy sector, uh, if you like, um, is is the um, the, the drive towards, um, if you like, uh, uh, energy transformation. And yeah. uh, in terms of um, uh, Siemens, obviously has a wide range of portfolios. Uh, um, uh, okay, you guys are different Siemens Gamesa, but uh, on the renewable side, but uh, uh, maybe actually you want to actually explain that. I didn't know until uh, uh, very recently, um, but uh, the, your, your portfolio of renewables compared to other activities that you're doing on, on the energy side? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we sit across the whole value chain of, of you know, on the energy side. So um, Siemens Energy has, has just spun out from, um, um, from, from the main Siemens AG over the last couple of months from the 1st of September. Um, Siemens Energy is focused very much on um, you know, the, the transmission and distribution of energy, but also looking at different energy sources such as hydrogen. Yeah. Um, where we, you know, where, where we sit, we, we very much look at digital and, and, you know, and control systems around that. Mm-hmm. Um, from a smart infrastructure perspective, you know, we, we, we have in our portfolio everything from the plug up to, you know, to generation assets. So that whole electrification thing is super important for us. Um, and in terms of the whole renewable thing, yes, we've got Siemens Gamesa as well. We've got our, you know, our, our huge factory in, in Hull, which is building turbine blades um, for distribution globally. Um, so there's a lot going on for us. And I think in terms of our kind of sustainability credentials and, and, and you know, this kind of journey we're on for net zero as well, um, our technologies enable that growth for everyone else's purpose. Um, so, so it's a it's a really good place to be from a from a you know as an employee of of you know an organisation such as Siemens trying to drive this transformation forward, this energy transformation forward. It's a, you know it's hugely positive, um, and and for me, we truly drive it forward with with digital and data. 
So, you know, can we get better data? Can we optimize assets in a better way? Can we be more productive? Can we measure kind of carbon benefits? You know, how do we put a value on those? I mean, it's really, you know, really trying to trying to push that sort of um, that sort of proposition, if you like. Fantastic. No, that's that's great, um, Paul. I think uh, uh, there within within obviously um, the kind of activities that um, we have been involved in uh, in the energy sector. Clearly, the uh, the uh, safety of assets and uh, maintenance and inspection and, and more and more now with the um, uh, you know the amount of data now you can generate with, with the. Uh, you know, uh, better, more cost-effective sensors and, and, and software systems. It's, it's amazing what you can do. So it's a very interesting time, I, th I think, uh, in that space. So, um, and there are lots of organizations currently working in that space. So I think, again, it's an area that uh, there is plenty of room for uh, for collaboration. So uh, I agree. I and, agree. Uh, and if anyone's listening who's interested in that space, uh, I think we, we ought to be uh, uh, talking more uh, on that. So, um, uh, Paul, I think we've touched on a number of things here, but uh, clearly uh, your organization is, uh, you know, has got the net zero agenda, uh, you know, firmly and, and is driving it and, and the culture has been built in and, and there are many things that are going on in parallel. So uh, I guess um, you know what, what? What are the potential barriers uh, that that you foresee potentially be in your way? I, I, from a technical perspective, um, and my technical guys love me when I say this. <laughs> I think I think technology can pretty much deliver anything. I, I think we're in a position now. If you think about the advances in technology over the last say say five years, from a from a kind of digital perspective, you know the, the possibilities are endless. I think that I think that, yeah. I, I, I think there's sometimes regulatory barriers around data, which are, which are quite difficult. Um, one of the interesting things we've also seen is um, commercial barriers. So how, how mm -hmm. would I explain that? So, so for example, um, a local authority may have a number of ongoing contracts to deliver different services, such as street lighting, refuse, whatever that whatever that looks like. Um, and transforming those into a, let's say, a holistic kind of data ecosystem and data environment can sometimes be difficult um, mm -hmm. because of some of the commercial contracts that sit in the background. Um, so, that, so that's another one. Um, I certainly think that um, the resistance to change around digital transformation, you know, I think that would be one of the benefits that COVID will have, will have brought is that people are a lot more open to that. Previously, that was a barrier. Um, but I see that kind of shifting to the positive once we once we kind of we're all out and about again and we can all start looking at kind of transformation in a in a different way without being scared of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think that's uh, uh, that's uh, uh, that's all I think we have time uh, for this podcast. So that's a, uh, probably a good point to try and bring this episode to a close. So uh, it's been very uh, interesting talking to you, Paul, and, and probably could carry on talking for another hour. But, uh, How about so, so I can talk all day on this? Don't you worry about that. <laughs> maybe next time. Uh, maybe next time. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you've been a great guest. So thank you very much, uh, Paul. Uh, and and 
very much look forward to catching up with you face to face after this uh, uh, COVID situation. Yes. Uh, Thanks. So, thank you very much again. So, yeah, um, thanks, Abbas. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. with that we've come to the end of this episode thank you very much for listening for more information on Siemens you can find it on their website at siemens.com and you can also find there some useful links to their sustainability net zero strategies all their information is on their site it's really worth a look for more information on TWI Innovation Network please visit the twiinnovationnetwork.com you can also find their links to us on social media you'll find us on Twitter and LinkedIn We'd love to have your feedback on what you thought of the podcast or the series so far. So please leave any comments or likes with your podcast provider. We really appreciate it. It helps us to make better shows for you in the future. With that, thank you very much for listening and goodbye.